Welcome to the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. Kintsugi Life is about learning, growing and strengthening from the times of adversity and challenge that we all go through. It's about valuing them as part of what makes us who we are. Right now, let's get into the content. Hi and welcome to this episode of the Kintsugi Life podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about how sometimes it's far more productive for us to actually focus our attentions on what we're going through and how we're working at it, rather than the end result, rather than the end point that we may be focusing on. Um, If we're working towards a project or trying to do something particularly challenging in our lives, it can be tempting to focus on the result and to then we get we then find we get demoralized or lose momentum lose focus because we're too fixated on the result that we're craving the same is true also when uh, we're working through a time of challenge and adversity we have this vision of of how we want our lives to be of where we want to get to perhaps and that starts to become demoralizing because instead of actually focusing on what we need to do in order to get there, we just start getting bogged down in the fact that we're not already there or how far it seems away from where we are. You know, if we're working through a divorce or an unpleasant relationship, for example, we may be fixated on the time when we'll be single again and we'll be free of all the burdens and free of all the arguments and unpleasantness. But actually to get to that point, we've got to actually take a lot of action, a lot of concerted and focused action. We've got to do things, we've got to weather the storm, we've got to work through the emotional pain and hardship. So, you know, focusing more on the end point isn't always something that's that's kind of the best place to place our attention. And fundamentally, um, it's my belief that the process is often more important than the prize. And then in fact, we should be looking to enjoy the journey and, in, and focus our attentions on where we are now and what we're doing rather than just fixating on the destination. So I remember when I was embarking upon the world of work, and this is a bit of a story that I think illustrates the point. It was the the tail end of the 1990s. I was fresh from university and brimming with enthusiasm and self-belief. The world economy at that time was booming. Um, The dot-com revolution was just about looming and it felt like an exciting time to be starting my career in my early 20s. I'd studied a business and IT degree course and I'd graduated with honours. I'd been really clueless in my teens about what I wanted to be when I grew up, as I used to think of it, and by lucky chance I chose the course that I did, and I graduated just as the millennium bug was looming menacingly on the near horizon, and therefore jobs in IT were plentiful. At that time corporations were queuing up to employ graduates like me, and at the time I remember evaluating offers from companies like Sun Microsystems and Oracle Corporation. I felt kind of like Tom Cruise's character in the movie The Firm of the John Grisham book, I felt like I was being courted for success, and I liked it. I ended up choosing a job based in London as a consultant with Oracle, and while still unsure deep down that I'd found my vocation, I believed I could do whatever was required of me, as long as the money was good. And it was, relatively speaking. Rolling the clock forward five years from that point, and things had changed drastically, and not necessarily for the better. By now, I was a young father living with my girlfriend, who'd become my wife, and then, eventually, my ex-wife. I'd been laid off by Oracle, but, fortunately, I'd bounced back into another, better-paid job. With a family to support, I was more reliant on the money than ever. I was also living like a poster child for the consumerist lifestyle. My expenditure was growing out of proportion to my income, and I was gradually, unwittingly, getting caught in the money trap. By now, I'd started to resent my job. I felt trapped into having to do it, 
rather than like I was doing it by choice. It also lacked significance, meaning and creativity, factors that I've come to recognise are far more important to me than I dared admit to myself when I was younger. I now scratch my creative itch through my writing and through my podcasting, and I get the meaning and fulfilment from those who occasionally seem to find help through my work. I still work in my day job in IT consultancy, as I'm still reliant on the money. 20 years later, and with a blended family of six of us, it's hard not to need quite a bit of money to keep life ticking over. I've made my peace with my work now in my day job, and I accept it as an inherent part of my life, rather than merely suffering it on a daily basis for the financial rewards. I've actually seemingly become quite good at it too, based on the feedback I get. As I reflect on my career today, it's taught me one thing, and that's the importance of loving the process in life, not just thinking the results alone are all that matter. The outcomes that we crave from our efforts may be powerful motivators, but it matters little how greatly you think they'll improve your life if you hate every minute of working towards them. When I first contemplated the world of work, I saw it as a means to an end, with that end being money, and lots of it. At some level, I probably aspired to a stable, happy and fulfilled existence too, but I equated those things as coming as side effects from the money, from the results of my endeavours, rather than from the actual process of doing those endeavours for themselves. We're counselled as kids of the importance of loving our work, usually by the generations ahead of us who've known firsthand the joy of doing meaningful, rewarding work, or the drudgery of being trapped in a job that is hated, tedious and demoralising. With the usual cynicism and impetuousness of youth, that, is, that advice is usually rejected, or at best taken with a pinch of scepticism. Many later learn, as I have, that those who went before us were entirely right. A career is a long time. A life is a long time. Most will work for 40 years or more, exchanging around half of their waking time during that period for money. It makes far more sense then that that time should be passed enjoying it, not just resenting it. I can think of far more friends and acquaintances who dislike, or at best abide their work, rather than really loving it. Many, like me, chose their vocations based on the results they thought they'd get from the work, the money, the conditions, the opportunities, or the status, and yet things haven't worked out as they'd imagined. They're now trapped in those jobs, either through being caught in the money trap, or out of fear of loss of that status, or the time that retraining would require, or out of the sunk costs of having trained and reached their current position, they're just not willing to throw it in. It'd be too much to contemplate throwing it away and starting afresh. If they'd selected their work based on what they'd be doing, upon the process they'd be part of, rather than the prize they'd receive for doing it, I wonder how many people would feel slightly happier and more accomplished. Since starting work, I've learned that the same principle applies in many of the other roles that I fulfil in life too. It's impossible to achieve a desired outcome and enjoy a reasonable quality life if I'm not suitably committed to the process and at peace with what it requires no matter what that goal is. The ends don't always justify the means, even if I get exactly what I hoped I would. It's not possible to feel accomplished, appreciated and fulfilled in work if you're merely suffering the day-to-day -day for the money or the prestige. Financial reward doesn't offset for work that's boring, lacking in meaning or performed under unpleasant conditions. If you don't love the process as well as the prize, at best you'll suffer your work living for the paychecks and for the weekend. It's not possible to be in a loving, mutually supportive 
and tranquil relationship if you aren't committed to putting in the work and are merely doing it for what you can get from the other person. Being with someone out of desire, attraction, dependence or neediness won't bring about a loving and equitable relationship. At best, the relationship will function as a crutch, a patch or a temporary fix, giving you occasional happiness but without really bringing enduring fulfilment. It's not possible to live a consistently healthy and active life if you're committed to, if you're if you aren't committed to and accepting of the need to make healthy choices about how you live, eat and move on a daily basis. If exercise is undertaken begrudgingly as a punishment or as a penance to offset indulgences, then it will never feel easy or natural. At best, I suspect you'll suffer the workouts, feeling deprived by healthy eating, and your results will quickly be lost in a relapse to your old ways. You've got to love the process, or results will be fleeting and quickly lost. One of the most significant places that I've also noticed this has been in my role as a parent. When my marriage failed, the prize that I envisaged was being to be able to devote myself to raising two happy kids. I believed I could do whatever it took as long as my kids were contented. I convinced myself I could suffer any hardship, deprivation or adversity as long as the kids' needs were met. My needs, it seemed, didn't really matter. I lost sight of the fact that being a parent isn't merely a job of work where you deliver an end result. Even when they leave home, there's no end to the job of parenting. It's a lifelong process. There's a quote that seems to illustrate this perfectly well for me, and it's from someone called Brooke Castillo. And that's, the quote is, Suffering for your kid's sake is like, to tr like trying to hurt someone happy. Take responsibility for your own happiness as a gift to your children. Being a parent's a long-haul process, an ever-changing set of demands that evolves over the years. There are moments of joy and happiness, and times of extreme crushing sadness and frustration. In between these, there are times of just plain boredom and tedium. To live solely in anticipation of the good times, the rewards and the results, refusing to embrace the realities of the process, is to resign oneself to a lot of time spent suffering, resenting and indignantly resisting the role. It's also guaranteed to reduce the chances of the happy times emerging as a result. The equation's usually pretty simple. A happy parent tends to raise happy children. A happy working environment tends to result in happy workers. Happy workers tends to result in happy customers. And happy individuals make a happy couple when they're together. The relationship is indisputable, in my view. It's impossible to strive for the result in any role if we're not first and foremost committed to following the process required to bring them about. That commitment needs to be made willingly and wholeheartedly if we're truly to embrace the process and put in the work that needs to be done to deliver those results. The effects of committing to that process are then double-edged. We're far likelier to get the results that we desire and that we deserve. We're also far likelier to enjoy ourselves and to enjoy our lives, enduring and doing what needs to be done to achieve those results and then to keep hold of them for the long term. I strongly suggest that you try wherever possible to commit to the process and don't just fixate on the results and you're far more likely, I think, to get what you actually need and deserve. I hope you find that useful and as always I'd welcome comments and questions and if you think of someone who could benefit from this, I hope you'll pass it on to them as well. In the meantime, this is Toby Hazelwood saying goodbye.
You've been listening to the Kintsugi Life Podcast with me, Toby Hazelwood. You can email me on toby at tobyhazelwood.com. I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love for you to leave me a positive review if you feel unworthy of one. And I'd also love for you to share this with anyone else who you think might benefit from the content. Until next time, this is Toby Hazelwood saying goodbye.